get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit penfed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGN Bakersfield, and Blind Advocate Radio. Welcome back, listener. How are you? I'm glad you had a good week. I'm doing all right, and tonight we are speaking with a very special guest, someone by the name of Shane Kubat, who... Uh, has just told me that he not only is someone who does a lot of treasure hunting with a metal detector, but he has, well, done a lot of YouTube videos. And basically, he has a message, which is that people should, blind people should, you know, get out of their homes and explore the world around them. Um, And uh, basically, uh, Shane, the point or I guess the point or idea of Aaron's opinion is that this is a radio show where I talk about critical issues in the blindness uh, community. Welcome. How are you? Uh, good. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well, thank you. So, yeah, you know, listener, the first time I encountered Shane was in the one of the groups on Facebook, right? And you posted a video, let's kind of talk about it in the order that I think it, that I remember it. You posted a video um, about leaving your home and walking to a pond, a very interesting video. And indeed you found the pond. Why don't you kind of walk us through that experience for a bit? Uh, Well, let me start with, I have an eye disease, retinitis pigmentosa. Sure. And with that eye disease, it causes you to lose your eyesight very slow. For some people, it may be quicker, but for me, it was a slow progression. So I lost most of my eyesight by the time I was in my 30s. And as most people lose their eyesight, you have a tough time. And I do not do things on my own. You know, I depend on other people. So it came to a point in my life where I decided... I need to do things on my own with no help at all. So uh, I wasn't using my cane as much as I should have been. Recently, I've started using it more and more. Probably in the past couple of years, I've been using a lot more. So I decided to go on a one-mile walk to a pond. Uh, It's like on the road I live on. So I wanted to do that on my own. So in the video, that's what I did. I made it to that pond on my own. I didn't exactly find the pond on my own. I had to FaceTime somebody to to get me a little bit of direction because I, I really didn't want to start walking around and fall into the pond. So, <laughs> But I, I made it right in front of the pond. And then, so it was only about 20 feet away. So I did pretty good on that. And it felt me, it made me feel super independent. And, and that's the most important thing when, when losing your eyesight, you gotta, you gotta feel independent. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, this, this radio show has been, well, it's been a, been a, it's a, it's been a podcast for a while. Um, As of, as this moment, we're transitioning to more and more of a radio show, but I'll tell you, I've interviewed a lot of blind people. And for me, Shane, I was born blind with glaucoma, 
Okay. Um, seven, seven corneal transplants later, I have usable vision. Um, but I've told people I cannot comprehend, nor will I try to comprehend, the challenge that it must be to lose vision um, later in life. That must be really weird. That must be really, 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 really overwhelming. And the one thing that stands out to me that everyone says is when you lose your vision as an older adult, you just feel this great loss of, of independence and this great, great sense of loss. So it must be really difficult. Um, but I actually never thought of it at that, as that point of view. <laughs> so, well, 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 good. Uh, many of my other guests have expressed that to me that they feel it's super hard for them uh, physically, emotionally, socially, you know? So, um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to have independence, but then once in a while, you know, you still need to ask for help when you truly need it. So it, go, it goes both ways. It really, yeah. it, it really, it really does. Um, and so what, what else, how else do you, you know, spend your time? Well, I actually work. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm a teacher, by the way. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I work in a meat plant. So, uh, oh, that's cool. I started working in the meat plant in 1995 whenever I had usable vision. Mm -hmm. So, over the years, they just kept making accommodations for me. The more eyesight I'd, I lost, they just, tri they just kept trying to keep me working. They didn't want to get rid of me just because I lost my eyesight. Well, that's so, good. Yeah, so I'm really happy about that. I'm really glad that they you know, decided to work with me like that. So that's, that's, that's pretty special for a company to do something like that. Hmm. All right. Well, that's, that's pretty interesting. My, um, out of interest, my maternal uh, grandfather actually worked as a butcher um, as a, as a young person. Did, did, did you ever work as a butcher? Uh, no, I, I did cut a little bit of meat early. Well, early when I still had usable vision. But it was, I usually ran like machines that cut meat or stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. And how did you, that's, that's interesting. How did you, um, you know, find out about this? How, how did you get into that meat? Uh, the, basically a modern day butcher shop. How, how, how did you get into that back then in the 90s? Well, when I graduated high school, a friend of mine said he had a job interview and he just wanted me to go for a ride with him. We just graduated high school and I said, yeah, I'll go for a ride with you. And here it ended up, they wanted to hire two people. So when he went in for his interview, he came back out and he said, hey, you want a job too? They want to interview interview you. So and that's just pretty much how it came to be. And <laughs> well, that's well, that's luck. That's, yeah. that's really, that's really good luck there. Yeah. Yeah. And my, and my friend, he still works there also since 1995. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. That's re that's really neat. Yeah. So you can still have that that friendship with him all these years. Yeah. Yep. Mhm. Mm well, good. <clears throat> so, what are you doing now at this meat plant? Well, they they have me in like a cleaning like plastic bins and stuff through like a machine. Right. Mm -hmm. So it just they bring all the work to me, so I don't you know, so I don't have to walk out into the plant where there's forklifts and machines, other machines. And, all the busy areas. It's just like a little room where I can work and be safe. 
Well, good. I think that's really, I think that's really, it's really positive that they're, that they're mm -hmm. able to, to still accommodate. Um, yes. You know, and they, and they, yeah, good. they do it. They do everything they can to accommodate me. And I, I really love it. That company does that for me. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, would, would you, um, would you mind maybe saying what the company is? Because it sounds, it sounds like a good company. Well, it's actually a, a restaurant. It's called Haas's Steak and Sea House. I'm not ah. sure if you I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. No, ne never. Okay, so then why would this, so if it's a restaurant, then you've called it a meat plant. So is it a restaurant or a meat plant? Like, Well, the meat plant cuts all the meat for the restaurants. Then they ship it to the restaurants. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's pretty much where they control all their, their quality from the meat plant. And then they can ship it out to the restaurants and have the same quality. Okay. Got Got it. Got it. So yeah. So basically, you you work for a rest. Basically, the restaurant's butcher. Basically, the yeah. restaurant's but butcher shop, or yes. butcher butcher factory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have um. I've I've done a lot of traveling all over the world. I've been to, uh. Well, I've been to England. I've been to France three times because my second language is French. I've been to, uh, Amsterdam. I've also been to Austria and I went to Vienna and it was an organized tour and they took us into a traditional butcher shop in Vienna. So being a butcher is still definitely a major job overseas. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. Still the same here in America too. It's a, it's a special skill. Definitely. Yeah. The butcher, yeah, the butcher came out a lot of people in our group. It was when I was in college. So they were, you know, college age women, they were really, <laughs> we're really creeped out by him because he was the only a stereotype, a, precisely a stereotypical, stereotypical butcher, old, yeah. old, um, overworked, angry. <laughs> and then of course, obviously he had to have blood all over, blood oh, all wow. over his coat. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was into it. He, he was, he was the butcher of Vienna basically, um, in this major, major shop. Yeah. Well, in, in Europe, it's the same thing. They, but they butcher in the shop and then, but people actually buy from that butcher in the shop. So it's a, that's quite a, quite a living. My, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't know I'd be talking about a butcher shop tonight. <laughs> my, my, see, that, that's why this is a great show. You, I never know what I'm going to talk about. I never know what's going to come out of a video with the guy walking to a pond. Why didn't you? Hey, why didn't? Why didn't you? Why didn't you walk? Why didn't you walk to a butcher shop to practice independence? Why did you have to walk? Yeah. To a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bl I mean, a blind a blind person can a blind person can be can be a butcher. So you should have said blind people can do anything, even being a butcher. You oh, absolutely! Have, you should have walked to a butcher shop. That would have <laughs> that would have been cool. I mean, the pond the pond was very beautiful and very peaceful, but it would have would have really gotten you a lot of views to like walk into your plant, walk into your butcher shop, and show like the meat being prepared and like cut into the different cuts. That that, that oh would yeah, have been, that would have probably really scared some people off. But it but still it would, it would have been pretty cool. Um, yeah, my. My maternal grandfather uh, did that um, as a, basically as a teenager and as a young person in the oh, early 50s, 50s, I guess, 1950s. Oh, okay. Yeah. His, his father emigrated from Poland. Um, oh. next, ne next question. Why would someone from Poland, <laughs> you know, wh why, how he decided, why that person decided to be a butcher um, n never knew, no, never knew. I think it was a simple matter back then of, well, here's a butcher shop. 
you know, here's some money, go. I think it's, yeah. how, it's how it was back then. But yeah, it's, it's, it brings up a fascinating part, part of my family's history. The, um, and uh, yeah, then the butcher shop, I've, I've never seen it. I've asked my parents, it's, it's a long story. I live with my parents, my brother, and my very uh, old and uh, quite sickly old guide dog. She's kind of at the end of her lifetime. So I take care of her every day. She, she requires, you know, care. Um, yeah. I've asked my parents, you know, where, where is that butcher shop? And they say, oh, well, now it's, you know, now it's a 7-Eleven or something like that. But yeah. Um, but my, my, my grandfather hated it. So he, in the end, he went to law school. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a joke in the butcher community. You know, what, why did, why, why did the butcher become a lawyer? Because, <laughs> because nobody wants to, because, because nobody wants to be the butcher. So yeah. it's, it's, and I, I was walking around that butcher shop in, you know, it was, it was the full factory. They took us on a special tour in the back where they had the full carcass. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty bad job. You got to, you know, it needed to be skinned. And then we saw the skeletons and the whole, the whole. It doesn't experience. smell the best. <laughs> it certainly does not. And it's <laughs> certainly a, a good job if you're very willing to pay attention to your surroundings and focus on what you're doing. It's a good job. But yeah, yeah my grandfather said he got all sorts of cuts, but butchers get cut up constantly. They hurt oh, themselves yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then back then there was, there was a couple machines that were so dangerous. My great grandfather didn't let my grandfather use it. He was paranoid about it. There was one old fashioned machine that like severs the head or something like that. Some big, I, I don't even know what it's called, but before we scare away our listeners, so you're you also so when you aren't so when you aren't uh, a blind butcher, when you when when you aren't doing that, um, and by by the way, out of curiosity, how how many hours do you, do you work there each day? Uh, we work uh, four ten-hour days, so forty hours. That's a good. Week. That's good. Yeah. I, I you know I I agree with that. I think that people can be a lot more productive pr- productive four times a week for ten hours. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. L- little tough, but but you have a full hour for lunch and like a bathroom break and all that. Yeah. Yeah. We have a uh, lunch or yeah lunch breaks and uh, just uh, mid mid uh, mid shift breaks like fifteen minute good. breaks. Good. This sounds like this sounds like a good company. Whatever it is, yeah. it so- sounds like a really good. Sounds like well, <laughs> in this in this uh, day uh, in this day and age, if a com- if a company is good, that's that's really that's really quite encouraging. In the world today, a good company that's really encouraging. So yeah, they're yeah. primarily based in Pennsylvania. So mm, yeah, yeah. For for personal reasons, my my location is undisclosed. That's another long okay. story. But but are you are you in in Pennsylvania somewhere? Let's say yes, yes. Oh. Interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah, my my brother just graduated from Temple, so he's he's familiar. Oh, okay. He's familiar with the Pennsylvania area. See, and that's the thing, listener. You know, in in a state like Pennsylvania, you can have you can have countryside where it seems like you live. It seems like you live in the country, yes. uh, just based on that. Right. It looked like it. Or you can have major cities like Philadelphia. So, well, let's get into the metal detecting. So, how, so how did you get into that hobby? Well. My grandfather and father metal detecting when I was or metal detected when I was a kid, so that's where I gained my first interest. So I didn't buy a metal detector till uh, I was eighteen or nineteen, nineteen ninety six, and so I've been metal detecting ever since then. But when I lost my vision, I couldn't see the screen of the metal detector anymore. 
So I kind of, I got discouraged and I quit metal detecting for a while, but I really loved it, you know, cause it was a great hobby. Mm-hmm. So then I decided I'm going to figure out a way to do this. There's got to be a way for me to keep doing this. So I found a metal detector I could use where I didn't need to see it. I could just uh, memorize the buttons by feel like tactile buttons. And I'm just able to do it that way. So as far as when I go out metal detecting to like a park, I'll get my wife to give me a layout of the park. Like maybe if there's trees, hills, ditches, benches or whatever. And then I'll just go and do that on my own. You know, I don't, she doesn't have to be there with me. You know, I just, I just figure it all out my own. And actually today uh, I was metal detecting in a water. So my wife dropped me off at a, at like a local creek and I just walked around in the creek and metal detected there today. Hmm. All right. So silly question. So what's the point in metal detecting? Uh, cause you just never know you're going to find coins or jewelry or old horseshoes or you just never know what you're going to find. I see. Okay. Well, let's, let's go back in the history. What was the most, unusual item that you found what do you think oh never really found anything unusual uh i did find a safety pin one time that was humongous and here it turned out to be for uh laundry bags they used humongous uh safety pins to close the laundry bags Hmm. i guess that's probably the most unusual thing i found i guess that's that's interesting and how did you right and so now was that buried just in the mud somehow or I, that was actually in uh in my parents yard ah so <laughs> so how it ended up there we have no idea well did they used to use a big a big clip like that or a big uh pin like that no i don't i'm not sure why it was there if it was a old trash dump or something or just never know why. We never figured out why it was there. Hmm. Hmm. That's that is that is interesting. Yeah, people find all sorts of strange things. Um, I do. While, I... while while metal detecting, but then so then you find it, and then do you like keep it or like take it home and like wash it? Like, what do you what do you do? Uh, pretty much when I like when I find coins, I. I kind of know what they are if it's a penny, dime, quarter, nickel, you know, because of the mm-hmm. size and everything. Right. But but I can't really tell the age of it until I get somebody to look at it. Sometimes mm. I can tell, like, uh, I don't know if you would know what a wheat penny is. I would not. What is that? It's uh, They made these pennies from 1909 to 1958, and they said one cent on the back of it real big. That's cool. So normally I can tell by rubbing my thumbnail on it if it's an old wheat penny or if it's an uh, like a more modern memorial penny it has a memorial on the back of the penny. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can kind of tell that way, but usually if it's like an older, like they quit making silver coins in 1964. Right. I, I normally can't tell if it's silver. Like sometimes it may feel smoother than most coins, but I don't really know what they are until somebody else looks at it for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, coin collecting is a major hobby for a lot of people. They find all of the all of the coins. 
um, of the entire country. My my brother has a coin map. At one oh. point, he had a map where you, yeah. it's like a map with little holes, and you have to find all of the coins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also find, you know, relics, old axe heads or horseshoes. Uh, I found some military items. I found a sterling silver balmadeers pin from World War II. Really? Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah. See, those are the things that really would really get interesting. Something, uh, uh, I, a memento from the war, an, an object or an artifact from the war. That would be really interesting for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, I found an eagle button mm. that was, so it was from probably the Civil War, but they used these eagle buttons from 1855 to 1875. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a pretty neat button I found. Right. Uh, I found a Medal of Honor uh, or Medal of Valor, I think is what it was. So that was also from the, the military. Mm. Wow. And a couple of just, uh, just U.S. pins that they must have wore on their uniforms, military uniforms. Hmm. Yeah, that's really, really, really fascinating stuff. I'm fascinated by, well, history, history is my favorite topic. Um, so, you know, I can always, I can easily talk about history for, for sure. Mm -hmm. And the, the oldest coin ever found was from 1773. Wow. It was a, yeah, it was a Spanish real. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do with it? Oh, I, I saved it. I don't. I don't get rid of anything. I don't sell. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't That's get rid good. of anything I find. That's really good. Well, I would certainly put that in a box and definitely, definitely keep that. Yeah. Coin from the seventeen. Yeah, that's really that's really amazing. Um, to find old people. I mean, people have supposedly even found coins from the Roman Empire and all all sorts of. I mean, it's really bizarre. But there are some super old coins. Yeah, in Europe, there's uh, they got a lot of history over there, so they they find a lot of old coins over there. Yeah, yeah. Have you traveled outside the states before? No, no, I've never been. I've never been. Uh, I've never been like past Ohio. <laughs> no. I understand. A little bit of the East Coast. That's about it. Right, right. Up and down the East Coast. Yep. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, that is, that is fine. Yeah. I mean, I think the um, one thing that I've noticed about, about Europe is that it's, it, you know, parts, it kind of depends on where you are in Europe, but it's, it's really easy to like get around, you know, for blind people, they've really invested in Europe into having, e you know, easy to use uh, public transportation and thing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. They do, they do, they do. Oh. So it's very easy. For the most part, it's it's easy to get around in Europe, I think. Easier in a sense than the States where you have to have someone drive you wherever you want to go. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, we have Uber, but there's always there's always those challenges that come with Uber. Have, have you used Uber much? No, I've never used, I've never used any public transportation on my own. Hmm. I realize, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm trying to get out of the bubble. I rely on my wife a lot. So I'm trying to get out of that. <laughs> well, that's, that's fine. It's, it's wonderful that you have someone who's, uh, you know, so, you know, supportive like that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great.
Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, it's funny for me, I'm, I'm, I'm single. Right. And um, I'm a teacher online. So occasionally students ask me, you know, are, are, are you married? And I say, no, I'm single. And they, they, they say, good. They say it's good. Oh. They say it's, they say it's good to be single. So. Um, interesting. Well, great. So what are there? So what are some other YouTube videos and YouTube things that you have put together? Uh, I've tried to catch footballs. I've gone to the batting cages and try to hit baseballs. <laughs> I just talk about my loss of eyesight and, uh, I do tutorials on how to use the iPhone and how to use certain apps to help like blind square or uh, seeing AI. Hmm. Okay. So why don't we talk about those in, in more detail, detail here. So what can you tell us about uh, blind square? That one I don't use. Well, that is a, like a GPS navigation app for the blind. Mm -hmm. And as you're walking, it will give you like markers, uh, like if, what street you're on. If you're coming up to a corner, uh, what businesses you're coming up to, uh, you can turn your phone around and it'll kind of tell you what direction it's pointing in and it'll tell you what's in that direction. And you can, you can actually uh, adjust the distance. So if you want it to tell you what's a mile ahead, a mile to you, it'll tell you what, what business is or churches or whatever's around you, but you can shorten the distance if you want. I think the shortest distance is 500 feet. If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a pretty helpful app if you're trying to get around. Right, right. And um, <clears throat> good. So what, what has been the longest distance you've ever walked or traveled using that app? Uh, not very far. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, I just got to, I got to know it. And uh, my wife took me into a town and we walked around a little bit with it and but that's my that's my next challenge to go in a town, uh, do some crossing walks, you know, go through some stoplights. So that's going to be my next challenge to move around in the city on my own with nobody with me. Right, right. And so, what is the major city near you in general? Uh, well, there really is no major cities near me. I guess Pittsburgh, and that's not really close to me. <laughs> So, uh, I see. so right. <laughs> most yeah, of the cities are, they're smaller, you know, a couple thousand people, which I guess isn't really a city, but. Yeah. I don't know what constitutes city. I think it's a certain, a certain number uh, of people, but yeah. Um, in my case, I live in some small town, probably similar to you. And, um, you know, basically, yeah, basically I depend on my, have to depend on my parents for transportation. If, if I go out at all, which is given the current situation, pretty rare. Um, ever since this whole, you know, health situation, we've been staying yeah. in a lot, a lot more. So. And it, but, it is with the, with the COVID-19, it is, it is hard for the blind community because we have to feel a lot of things, you know, right. so. You know, and I don't know if people realize that, but we see it with our fingers. <laughs> well, basically, and yeah. um, that's one of the things 
that I, I, I did want to talk about because in the, in these groups, there's been a lot of, I mean, I, I haven't seen you post in the group recently, but in, in a very general sense, there has been a lot of different frustrations that have been expressed in, in these groups amongst the blind community as it directly relates to how frustrate how frust how much frustration there is um you know about dealing with with this whole situation and the other the other thing that blind people are saying a lot more is they feel so lonely and and all of that so you know i i have a job and you know i'm working you know the whole day on activities so i don't i don't feel lonely you know i i talk to the whole world with people all over the world so it's impossible for me to feel lonely, but I, I've just, I just wanted to ask you, have you noticed this, that a lot of blind people around our groups have been sort of kind of down in the dumps about this whole situation? Why don't we talk about that for another minute and a half and then we'll go to break. Okay. What, uh, what you, yeah. It, it, it is a tough situation. It just, it's like one of them things you gotta ride out the storm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people are staying home right now. Uh, it's just important to stay safe, you know, and and to keep from spreading COVID. I mean, that's the important thing right now. Right. I mean, that's, unfortunately for the blind community, uh, <laughs> it is kind of hard right now, you know, especially getting out. And I don't know what the the uh, public transportation situation is right now. I don't know if they they sh- shut down public transportation or not. I mean, I think in the cities, I think they are still trying to run some public transportation. Public transportation, probably, probably less of it, but I think they're still uh, doing that. Yes. And I know there's something called Uber Eats now, where mm-hmm. if you or- order food somewhere, they'll ship bring it to your house. Exactly. They yeah, do. So. He, his name is Shane. My name is Aaron Richmond. This is Aaron's opinion right here on Caroline Radio and Blind Advocate Radio. As we like to say, we'll be right back. Welcome back, listener. All right. My name is Aaron Richmond. This is Aaron's Opinion on Caroline Radio and Blind Advocate Radio. We're joined this evening by Shane Kubat. Uh, basically, at the beginning, we kind of were saying that you're basically basically a blind butcher. Um, <laughs> and when you are not working in this butcher 
plant butcher butcher company you'd spend a lot of time metal detecting in your town in Pennsylvania um, and we were talking about some of the different frustrations that blind people um, are, are facing today given the current situation I think one of the um, in fact I know that one of the reasons why I started Aaron's opinion was that I was always very concerned about the fact that there were never really a lot of approachable podcasts and approachable formats for blind people to come and have a conversation with someone. So I'm asking because I want to know why did you, you know, get into YouTube? Um, do you podcast? You know, how, how did you get into the YouTube that you uh, uh, pr produced yourself? Well, so at a point I really had a tough time with losing my eyesight, but I overcame that, you know, I leveled off. And so I just wanted to show people that the loss of your eyesight does not mean the loss of your world. So I decided to just, I just wanted people to see it my way to see how I get on living with the loss of eyesight. You know, it's, it's a tough thing to overcome for uh i would guess for everybody so mm -hmm. definitely so, definitely definitely so, so i just wanted to share my life to possibly help somebody else you know just right. get get through their loss of eyesight well good and that is what i hope that aaron's opinion does is that i hope that this show inspires one person and helps you know helps one person to overcome yeah basically overcome and kind of accept being blind or if you if you are already blind to have a good idea about some of the different things that can be done and some of the different ways that you can participate in 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 society so <clears throat> besides, and, and, yes well, well eventually you know i just originally my videos i was just like talking and just you know doing things like wakeboarding but then I decided to to start sharing my hobby on my channel because if you put your mind to something, you, you can you can really do it, you know, within reason. So good. And what is uh, wakeboarding? What is? Can you tell us more about that? Uh you just you're just drugged behind a boat with your knees on a board. Mm. <laughs> just you know. Okay, so. So it's similar to that kind of reminds me of water skiing. Yeah, water skiing, but on your knees, pretty much. Hmm. Okay. So what? So how is it different from water skiing, apart from the being on your knees? But why is that? Um, you know, how, how did you get? How did you get into that sport? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really do it as a sport, but uh, we were at the lake with some friends, and we were out on our pontoon boat, and they said. You want to try it? And I said, well, yeah, I, I could probably do that. So, <laughs> so I gave it a try and I did it. Hmm. And was it a special board that was made for that activity or was it kind of a makeshift board? No, it was made for that activity. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Have you done a lot of sailing? No, I've never done sailing, but that would be, that would be cool to try. Yeah, I've done it um it's it's a it's a lot of fun and it's also a lot of work too so 
but uh, my family and I, we do go kayaking in rivers. Hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Good. <clears throat> yeah, kayaking can be fun. Um, it depends on where you go and, um, you know, do, do you do that on mostly rivers or creeks? You know, how, how do you, how do you go about kayaking? Just pretty much on river. You just go with the current and somebody usually tells me left or right, look out for the bank or <laughs> no. Good. Yeah. But it's a lot, it's a lot of fun and relaxing, you know. Well, it can be, it is, can be, it kind of depends on who you're with. Um, because some people are not necessarily relaxing to, to have, you know, in, in the same kayak. So. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, it's a single-person kayak. I'm in my own kayak. Hmm. Well, good. So, so I'm not with somebody. Great. And, um, yeah, I've done that before with a, in a tandem kayak with usually my brother or sometimes my father, but usually my brother when, when we've done it in, in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically, what are some of your, um, you know, future, future goals or what, what do you think? Well, actually, one of my future goals is to learn Braille. I put it off for so many years mm. and, now, and now I find myself not exactly needing it because with the, with the technology, it seems like people aren't learning Braille as much. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's that's going on? I think it depends on who you ask. If you ask me, I would tell you that that is true. Um, but if you ask, you know, many people, many people in, in NFB or who participate in NFB events, they'll tell you that Braille is still is still critical. Um, and it it is. Um, but with technology, it is considered to be less a lot of the younger generation feels that it's let just l less important to to know how to read braille and to be able to read in braille so and that's kind of how i felt throughout the years like my own m trainer and everybody said you should probably learn it and i just nah man i'm not going to learn it but now i'm finding that i should have learned it <laughs> at least basic at least basic braille you know yeah i mean i think people need to have a basic knowledge of it but as far as you know every single contraction you know i i would say no i would say that that's not that might not be i i don't know um it kind of depends i mean do you do you have you know usable vision today or no 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 i just have pretty much like light perception i can tell okay. if there's light right right but you know i would i would like to use an atm machine <laughs> mm-hmm so I, I mean, I know you can hook your your earphones into it, but how, right. I don't know what buttons to push because I don't read Braille. Right. So, <laughs> so that would be nice. Yeah. So maybe you should learn it. You know, for doing small tasks like that. Um, although, really, and, you know, yeah. Although, really, how often would you go to an ATM? That that would be the next the next question. Uh, yeah, that's true. Probably not too often, but I'd like to be able to say I can do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I've had very few needs for ATMs uh, in my life. I used one, I mean, occasionally in Europe, I use them. Um, 
but that's not terribly common either these days. And like uh, my my audiobooks, I get audiobooks through the Carnegie Library for the blind. Mm-hmm. So I always have to ask somebody, you know, what's what's the books, you know? But they do have Braille on them, but I I just can't read it. And same thing with my uh, my book reader. All the buttons are in Braille, but I, I kind of had to memorize them through trial and error. Right. <laughs> right. Well, good. well, that's. I mean, yeah, that's good. I mean, a lot of a lot of things in life are are trial and error. I find. Um, le- let's see. Um, can you talk about some? you know, some things that maybe you like to do at home? Um, do you, do you cook? Do you have any unusual hobbies that maybe our listeners would not be, be aware of or, or would not guess? Not really. Other than, you know, metal detecting. <laughs> That's, uh, not really, but I do, uh, I do have a mother and brother that's also losing your eyesight through this mm. uh, from retinitis pigmentosa. Mm-hmm. But I just seem, my eye seem, eyesight seemed to go the, the first, go the quickest. I mean, so, and you know, my mother and brother, they still have some usable vision, but for some reason, mine just progressed quicker. It just depends on how your eyes are. Yeah. And a, a lot of things, but, so um, yeah, it could be it could be something that just run runs in your family, but it, yeah, it's very it's very frust it's very frustrating to lose vision really at at any age. That would be that would be tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think it's 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 really hard for a younger person too, because you know, like I started losing my eyesight when I was, I was still in school. And once once kids pick up on something like that, they see a weakness in you. They they kind of pick on you for it. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. that's how people. That's just how people have always been like that. Sadly, so yeah. Um, I see. So then you started losing your vision in in high school, and then, and then from there, it just slowly kind of, kind of disappeared from there. I guess right. Yeah, it's a congenital disease. You're born with it, and you just kind of slowly lose it. And uh, I'd say once I hit about 11 or 12 is when I had my most noticeable losses of eyesight. And it just progressed from there. Hmm. Hmm. That's a really tough age to lose vision when you're in that transitional age of going into middle school. And, oh, boy. Yeah, and I and you know I love playing baseball, and I couldn't do that anymore, so it was kind of a a bummer, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that they have accessible sports for blind people. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never really gotten into into sports, um, but I'm I'm sure that there are other blind people who play all sorts of sports. So yeah, for baseball, they have something called beat ball. Right. But I don't, I'm not sure how that would work. I don't know if I'd want to try that. That'd be pretty hard for playing baseball like that. And also hockey. Mm-hmm. They put they put the the noisemaker inside the puck. Right. So that's another interesting sport you can play. A very very interesting sport. Yes. Definitely. 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge sports fan when it, when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I, I, I am more, I'm more interested in the FIFA World Cup. Do you oh, follow? Okay. Yeah. Do you follow that? Do you follow the uh, European? No, not too much, but mm, soccer is yeah, gaining more popularity here in America, though. Yeah, um, and that's good because soccer or football, as it's called, is really, really amazing. It's played in every country. And so every four years, there's the World Cup. So the next yeah. one is going to be held in uh, 2022 in Qatar. Um, however, who knows what will happen with that? Who knows if they will actually, you know, go through with that and, and you know, play that, play those games? Yeah. I don't know. Um, they, they, they may, or they may not, uh, it would not, it would not surprise me, uh, either way. So I've been asking you a lot of questions. Um, have you been, you know, have you watched my pod? Have you been following my podcast? Um, do you have, do you have any questions? Actually, I don't know. I don't know how to get to your podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, let me send it to you after this meeting. I'll, 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 okay. I'll get, I'll get it over to you. Okay. Um, but we are heavily transitioning over to radio. So, okay. Um, so, um, do you, do you have any, any questions? So how, how long you've been doing the podcast? Okay, good. I've been doing podcasting since about last August. And I got into it, as I said, because I felt that there needs to be a strong podcast um, where blind people can come and talk about critical issues yep. uh, in the uh, in the blindness blindness community. So I started out with a lot of monologues where I would just talk and talk and talk uh, about about things. Then from there, guests came. Then from there, I got onto Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Then from there came the radio, where we are are today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, you you said you were you were born blind. So, right. uh, you, you, so have you used a cane or a dog, a guide dog your whole life? Well, both. Um, but most, mostly I've just used my guide dog. She, she's retired now and she's 13. So, um, but yeah. So thank God for, uh, the technology with voiceover on Apple and uh, Android Talkback. So, oh, so you're so able able to do this. Oh, and definitely, was, definitely, yeah. yes. Go, yes, go ahead. Then mm -hmm. uh, your, com your computers talk to you now. There's Jaws, like with Apple computers. There's voiceover on that also. So, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I think today. I think today, in a lot of ways, it's a lot easier, and then it's still. There's still challenges. There's still a challenge, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you know how to use a computer, and then you have to kind of retrain yourself to use the computer 
mm-hmm. with Jaws or because it, it's a completely different world with Jaws mm. or a voiceover. Mm-hmm. Even for your, for your cell phones. Definitely. And what, what phone do you have now? I have an iPhone. Oh, good. Me too. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I'm on right now. So I set this all up by myself. I needed nobody's help. Good. So that was great. Yeah, the iPhone is re- really, I think, the best phone for blind people. But there's a lot, there's a lot of phones out there. A lot of phones that I've never, never tried, or never experienced. So, mm-hmm. I think Android's catching up with the accessibility now. Uh, iPhone kind of took ex- accessibility right from the beginning and, and built it up. So that's why iPhones are, are so good for accessibility. Oh, de- definitely. But I think that a lot of these other companies will, will catch up and oh, oh, a yeah. lot of their, their phones will be just as, just as accessible. I'm still waiting for that car that drives you around. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you want to buy one of those? Um, I don't know what happens if there's a failure. <laughs> You know, it seems like you'd almost need vision if something would go wrong that can control the car. Well, I am I am not really sure. Um, surprisingly, um, I have ne- I have never had much of a desire to drive a car. Um, recently, my brother and I got some electric scooters, some Segway electric scooters. Oh, so, okay. you know, I, I have enough vision for that. And that's a good activity to do, um, to get out of the house some. I mean, I had a lot of trips planned this year for a much more, you know, a much more active year. Um, how, however, um, with given the situation, a lot, of, a lot of stuff had to get canceled this year. So yeah. this is just sort of a, a stay-at-home kind of year, which it, it's really, t- I mean, it's, it's tough, but then again, I'm really glad I didn't catch the sickness. And um, my dog needs needs a lot of care and a lot of attention. So, yeah. I, you know, it might be kind of one of those things that's sort of supposed to happen where this is supposed to be the year that I just stay home and care for her for, for the time be- being. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they say it may get worse again in the fall. I mean, they just they can't really predict it yet with the COVID cases until they get a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what's going to happen is I think there will be several waves and, you know, but really, who knows? Um, I think this is something we will have to just deal with in our society now. And- yeah people will just go about their business and live, live their lives. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's all very frustrating, but yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the issue of a, of a car is it would kind of, I'm not really sure. That strikes me as something that for blind people would start out as like a novelty but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long that would necessarily last. Um, I mean, it'd be nice for getting back and forth to work. 
but uh, I, I myself, I've never driven before. Mm. So, <laughs> and see, I've never driven, but I've never had the desire to drive, nor was it ever an issue in my life. When I was sixteen, I just wasn't wasn't remotely concerned with that. Yeah. Um, that might sound to you that might sound very strange, but well, when I turned sixteen. I probably could have got my license and I could, I could have drove, but I just, I just felt that it wouldn't be safe if I drove because I, you know, cause I still had a vision problem, you know, and I just didn't want to risk anybody's lives or I just didn't think I should, I should drive. You know, it was just like a personal opinion for me or like a personal decision I made on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather I would rather not get hurt, and I would certainly rather not put other people in danger and just not not be so concerned with that. And I can yeah. take out a scooter; I have enough vision for that. So that's that's still pretty that's still pretty good. That's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, there's a lot of products um, like that that are similar to scooters, or um, those um, hoverboards are popular. Is that the one where you like lean forward? Yeah, I think or, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just goes automatically. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They supposedly they are not going to be selling any more of one of the models or something like that. So Yeah. Um all all very all very interesting. Do you have do you have family who lives, you know, in other parts of the country apart from Pennsylvania? Uh, no, most of my family lives right here in Pennsylvania and a little bit in New Jersey. So yeah, but we're all mostly in Pennsylvania. Well, that's, well, that's, that's kind of good. Um, you know, everybody's together in one, in one state. Yeah. My family is more spread out, you know, as North, as far North as well, Connecticut or basically New Hampshire and then people in Florida, people in the middle. So it's tough. It's, it can, yeah. be, it can be difficult for many reasons when you're trying to, you know, get together. I mean, that's why there's zoom and, you know, our society now we're always connected to the world. So we don't necessarily need to travel as much, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I noticed with the, the COVID thing, a lot of people were communicating through video chat also so they weren't losing touch so that's pretty nice yeah and i think a lot of people were more interested in doing video calls just to just to see the person i think the audio was not enough and i think sometimes people need to have that need to have that need met of physically seeing seeing someone on a camera yeah absolutely i mean i it's it's probably a lot of different reasons. It's probably a psychological thing. It's probably about human nature. We need to feel like we're around other people like us, I think is what it's, is what it's about. Yeah. So, mm, so, um, so how, so, so how, how, how old are you, by the way? Uh, I just turned 43 in May. Okay. So yeah, you're, uh, and I turn, as a matter of interest, I turn 29 tomorrow. So. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. So you're, you're about, um, you're kind of a generation, you're about a generation ahead of me, I guess. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we have about um, we have about four minutes left. What are some if people want to watch your your content or learn more about what you do? What are some ways that, that they could do that? Well, my YouTube channel is called See It My Way One, as in a number one. Or you can just search The Blind Trigger Hunter on YouTube. Hmm. And I also have a, a, a Facebook page called See It My Way One. Oh, good. Well, have you thought about getting into podcasting? Uh, not really. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of topics I would cover. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm really into the metal detecting. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, let me, after in a couple minutes, um, let me, let me send you my content and okay. you can see some of the, you know, interviews and some of the, some of the things that I've talked about. I've, I've talked a lot about, about society and some of the different things that have been going on, you know, as I, after I graduated from university and had to start working and had to start becoming kind of becoming more aware um, of, of society and what's, and what's going on. So, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're a child, you know, you, you, you think that every, you know, you think one thing and then when you grow up and you realize that, well, here's the way it really is, you know, so yeah, it's, 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 it's like nice two, to see it. Oh. Yeah. It's nice to see it from somebody else's point of view or somebody else's opinion. Well, I think my, I mean, my opinion as I've talked about it is I think that when you're a child and you grow up being blind as a child, everybody kind of pities you. And really, it's really sad when you look back and understand it as, as an adult, everybody feels bad for you. So they're nice to you all the time. And then when you grow up and you get into university and start working, you have to realize that people everybody stop treats you as an adult. <laughs> Yeah, and then people stop feeling sorry, and then they just yeah. act however they want to act. So I think that's really tough for blind people to make that, really to make that transition into being a functioning adult. I think it's really, 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 really difficult for, for a, lot, a lot of people. It certainly was for me in, in a lot of different ways, um, you know, getting out of university and starting to figure out what I want to do and having different interesting experiences along the way. It was certainly very, very, very challenging. And now, that's a pretty, yeah. Well, yes, go ahead. That's a pretty big accomplishment making it through university with a loss of eyesight too. No so. kidding. No kidding. I thought I was happy when it was over. <laughs> I was, there was, it was only, there was only two days. There's, I only remember two days of the university first day and the last day. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was a blur. Really, really was. Really was. Um, yeah. But I don't, I'm not going to fault anyone for not going to university. I think it's a big, I think a lot of it, my opinion is I think a lot of it's kind of a waste of money in a lot of ways. Because, yeah. you know, you're learning things that are not necessarily applicable in everyday life. You know, you aren't learning. Again, you aren't learning how society really is. You aren't learning how to work. You aren't learning how to earn money how to take care of yourself. You aren't really learning that. What university is, is a social experience that you pay for. And then at the end, they give you a piece of paper that says you've learned something. That's really yeah. what university is. And I think it's interesting that society puts so much emphasis on it. Um, because, you know, if you're going to be a horrible worker, luckily we are not. If you're going to be a horrible worker, 
you could go to university for many years and be and be a horrifically poor worker. Um, or you could never go to university and work hard your whole life and do a great job and be a great yeah. person. So it goes it goes both ways. So. And they say the markets for trade skills right now, like electricity and heating and ventilating oh, yeah. construction. Because they force kids they force kids to go to college for so many years that Yeah, we don't have we don't have enough of those people. I'm really I'm really glad. I'm really glad you came in today. Uh, I want to say that you did a great job. I certainly want you to be welcome. And as I like to say, have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees included every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. 5G access requires capable device. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details.